0: Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to the Drapplecast, episode 128. The Drabblecast is a weekly flash fiction audio podcast magazine that brings strange stories by strange authors to strange listeners, such as yourself. I'm your host, Norm Sherman. So, had a big trip from Baltimore to southern Georgia this weekend. Fourteen hours to be exact. I tactically maneuvered my way out of driving most of it by producing this week's entire story in the car, on the road. And with all that free time on I-95, this week's story turned out to be special, more of an audio drama than what you usually hear on the show, with lots of guest voices, music, and effects. To that extent, I wanted to dedicate this episode to Monica Vasey, my co-traveler, who sucked it up and kept on truckin', allowing me the time to tinker with the production. First, though, to wait your whistle, a drabble. This week's 100-word story comes to us from Michael Young, and it's called The Story. Michael's had several drabbles on our show, probably the most of any one person. You can find them in episodes 67, 73, and 114. Hope you enjoy. The universe happened. The Big Bang, inflation, stars, supernovas, but none of it mattered. No one cared. All of it was as meaningless as which bubble popped in the head of a pint of beer sitting alone on a bar. Then life happened. It struggled, survived, and developed intelligence. The intelligence observed, understood, predicted, and even manipulated matter. Suddenly, everything mattered. Observation gave universal meaning. Then, a certain solar system bubble popped, as bubbles tend to do. As the remains left behind seeped back into the universal muck, it took all life and all intelligence with it. Nothing mattered again. Damn you, bubbles. So, the theme of this week's show, as well as the name of this week's story, is the end of the universe. Our story comes from Yuji Foster, whose work regulars of the show are no doubt familiar with. Yuji calls home a mildly haunted, fae-infested house in metro Atlanta that she shares with her husband Matthew and her pet skunk, Hobkin. Her publication credits number over a hundred and include stories in realms of fantasy, Interzone, Orson Scott Card's intergalactic medicine show, Bane's Universe, Fantasy Magazine, and Cricket. Her short story collection, *Returning My Sister's Face* and other Far Eastern tales of whimsy and malice, is now out from Noralana Books. Visit her online at www.ugfoster.com, or visit her at DragonCon this weekend, like we plan on doing. As I mentioned before, I've produced this story as a full-blown space adventure audio drama, and we have several very talented people playing the various characters in the story. In order of appearance. The lovely and clever kim the comic book goddess who is host and the woman behind the geek pantheon podcasts and your moment of kim which is a finalist in the parsec awards this year for best speculative fiction comedy parody podcast she's playing the character of rays the character of freeloader is played by one of my favorite story readers on the net ray sizemore Ray's from Norwalk, Ohio, and you can find him online as a guest narrator at StarshipSofa.com, as well as his own unevenly maintained blog/slash podcast at xrayvisions.wordpress.com. Rish Outfield of the fabulous Dune Steve Audio Fiction Podcast, a great show that you should be subscribed to, is playing the character of Bomb. And finally, podcast novelist Abby Hilton, author of the Parsec finalist The Prophet of Panamandora, is playing John D. You can find all of their info in our show notes. So, without further ado, The End of the Universe by Yuji Foster. Tay felt like he had junkie fever all over again the itch in his skull that made him want to peel back bone and rasp his fingernails over trembling gray matter. Time as an hourglass filled with frosty molasses and a film of damp slicking the meat of his hands. But he'd been clean, hadn't touched a pill or lit up in months. He checked the system again for the hundred zillionth time. The master display registers were all green Everything had been checked and double-checked. The tests had run, and the spells were programmed and compiled. There was nothing left to do. Trilling klaxons shrieked through the lab. Even though he'd been expecting them, Tay's heart jolted to a thrumming sprint in his chest. Relief, anxiety, and excitement roiled in his stomach, sending the taste of bile burning up his throat. The waiting was over. Tay hey slapped the silencer buttons. Places, everyone! This is it! Without the wailing alarms, the air felt light, too light to breathe. He forced himself to suck in a breath, exhale, and gulp in another. Beside him, Ray's flicked switches, her blonde dreadlocks swinging as she tweaked dials and controls. In the overlight air, her hair seemed to seethe and writhe like fuzzy serpents. Tay remembered an old tale he'd heard about a snake-haired woman that turned men to stone. True, rays had a certain stiffening effect on him, but he'd always taken the story as being more literal. Besides, rays' snake locks were each adorned with a different colored crucifix, an expression of piety as well as fashion. No self-respecting serpent would have tolerated that indignity. With a jaw-throbbing hum, Tay's boots activated, The foot he'd raised clanged back on the metal floor. Raise, pull it back! I can't move! Sorry. Her fingers tapped in commands. Ambulatory once more, Tay clumped to the control stations. We have atmosphere? Confirm on Atmo. Freeloader's silver eyepieces glinted in the white, halogescent lights as he surveyed the outputted data. His movements, like his speech, were precise. An ironic turnabout, he kept himself aloof from human emotions and foibles, his reserve only breached during the interface sessions he shared with the AI. Next to him, Bomb nodded. Clear. His voice rumbled low and gravelly through his barrel-wide chest. Countdown commencing. The computer announced. Termination of the universe in ten, nine, eight. Eight seconds until the end of everything. No Earth, no galaxy, no existence. A cosmic joke, or just bad math. There was a flaw in the makeup of reality that manifested every 32,000 years. The rift was like a gap in the celestial highway, a pothole. When hit, it threw everything out of whack, shredding reality in its wake. But there was a fix. Symbols rituals, and equations older than the planet, maybe as old as the universe itself, that kept time and space from derailing over that bump. Tay imagined Neanderthal men chanting around a fire while the world fell to pieces around them. Maybe the dinosaurs had been in on it, roaring and stomping the crucial symbols and sounds, safe in a leafy circle of protection. And before them, aliens, perhaps. Ancient consciousnesses performing the necessary structures and forms to smooth the universal pathway. Have we got visuals? He called. I'm on it. The viewer flashed up. Blackness filled the wide screen, punctuated by motley dots of light. Six, five, four. The viewer snapped into focus and the whole galaxy appeared. Spiraling galactic arms laden with starry matter sharpened into clarity. They encircled a central congestion of brightness spreading in waves from the nexus. Stasis field? A sharp click sounded, and Bomb stuck his fist, thumb up, in the air. Three, two, one. Termination. Tay felt a ripple beneath his feet as the field engaged and separated their self-contained dome from everything of the outside world. He was faintly disappointed. He'd expected the end of the universe to feel different, more spectacular. Look. Raze pointed. Overhead, a slash of carmine split the creamy stars. The rift widened, shivering off splashes of glowing orange and seething yellow. It's true. Freeloader stared at the screen, his mouth slack. I didn't believe- Mr. Freeloader, your station, Tay snapped. The ritualist's cap gleamed Quicksilver as he scanned the scrolling readings. His palms stroked the tactile strip on the interface panel, the exchange of data reassuring computer and ritualist alike. Spell is at normal parameters. In the viewer, the gash turned into a tear. Dazzling white light overwhelmed the lesser, fiery shades until Tay's eyes watered. Race! On it. Just prescient enough to discomfort, she had anticipated him. The viewer dimmed. In the center of the brilliance, a flicker of shadow obscured the wounded vista. It grew, tendrils of black spreading like a drop of ink in water, eating away the milky swirl. Tay gripped the console until his knuckles whitened. The records had been vague on this part, but the protective spells, the runes and equations running in the computer would keep them whole, isolated from the destruction or the chaos or the nothingness, whatever might happen. He hoped. Ray's dropped to her knees, tears streaming from her eyes. Holy father of creation. She abased herself before the viewer, a litany of prayers spilling from her lips. Raise. It's God. She sobbed. Can't you see him? The viewer showed the swelling black nothingness and nothing more. Freeloader, confirm our status, Tay called. The ritualist whimpered at his console. (laughs) Tay clomped double speed to him. What's the matter? Is it the binary cascade again? I thought I debugged it. It's him. Freeloader moaned. The great destroyer, the deceiver. He covered his head with both arms. (laughs) The computer shrilled as the movement yanked Freeloader's interface connections free. A blue light blinked on the tower. Mr. Freeloader, attend your station. The ritualist giggled. (laughs) My station. He reached out. My damnation. (laughs) Tay lunged, racing to slap aside Freeloader's hand, but the other man was faster. One silver-tipped finger knocked into the little red switch marked with a simple O on one side and an I on the other. With a whine, the systems began powering down. No! Electro-magnets released, and Tay's momentum took him past the AI station in a helpless spiral of freefall. Freeloader spun past him, cackling, lunatic tears hung in the air, shed from his eyes and suspended like soft jewels in the zero gravity. Bomb! Emergency reboot! Tay writhed, struggling to catch hold of anything solid that would stop his spin. The huge man stood with his thick legs braced against two bolted-down consoles. He spread his arms in a wide embrace. Tay hey thunked into a steel hub wound with slick cables and delicate fiber contacts. He seized a handful of strut and cord, just as the lights went out. The only illumination now, the viewer's luminous glow. Nirvana, Bomb whispered. A beautific smile spread across the ugly man's face in the shadowed crimson. Kay's breath billowed out in a mist of condensation. Despite all the insulation in the dome, the temperature was plummeting. To fall so quickly, it had to be as cold as space outside. Was there an atmosphere anymore? Did the mountain the dome rested on still exist? He'd anticipated that heat and light, air, gravity even, might go haywire, so he'd programmed environmental safeties with multiple redundancies for each subsystem. But the computer could only protect them if it was on. Tay craned his neck to the viewer. The emptiness had eaten away more than half the image. We're damned, Freeloader moaned. Tay ignored him, his teeth chattering in the now biting cold. The AI station, power grid, manual ports, and hard boot switch was across the room, with Bomb anchored between them. Out of my way, Bomb. Tay gathered his legs against the strut and launched himself at the console. Instead of ducking, Bomb turned, his arms still outstretched. Tay could neither slow nor turn. The giant man plucked him out of the air like a child from a swing as he flew by. Tay's momentum knocked Bomb out of his stance, and they drifted. Don't struggle, Bomb murmured. Enlightenment comes with acceptance. What are you babbling about? Tay fought to break the other man's hold, but before Bomb had hooked up with Freeloader and joined the team, he'd work the streets as an enforcer. Tay was outsized, outmatched, and outmuscled. It is Nirvana. It's not, you thick wit! It's the end of the universe! Can't you feel the cold? It is not cold. Tay twisted and strained, but Bomb might as well have been a stone block for all the effect it had. Listen to me! Rays and Freeloader are hallucinating! We have to power everything back up and convince the AI to come online! The AI is not offline, Bomb said. He swiveled Tay like a ragdoll until he faced the viewer. Look. The blackness continued to eat a swath through the galaxy. It's growing! We're running out of time! Bomb held him tight, pressing Tay against his chest. How is the viewer powered? He murmured. Huh? Tay blinked. The viewer, of course, was also linked to the AI. How could it be on with the computer down? As soon as he thought the question, the light shuddered on, splashing them with bright white. They fell, dragged down by their powered boots. Baum rose to his feet and returned his attention to the viewer. What's going on? Tay asked. Baum neither turned nor answered. The delicate ting of metal-striking metal brought Tay twisting around. Behind him, Rays was on her knees, tearing at her hair. Several of the little crucifixes had come loose, pulled down by the floor's magnetic field. Forgive me, father. She sobbed, rocking back and forth. Forgive my sins. Behind him, Freeloader's voice rose in a ragged cry. During Tay and Bomb's collision, the ritualist had pulled off his coverall, leaving him naked save for the metal implants modeling his body. He pressed himself into a frenzy against the computer's tactiles. The computer's warning lights flashed as its sensors overloaded. Mr. Freeloader, what the hell are you doing? Piss off. Blood dripped from thin gashes in the ritualist's face, where he dragged the metal tips of his fingers through his flesh. Above him, a face appeared in the viewer, filling it. Eyes that bubbled and overflowed with tears of brackish pus glared out. Jaundiced skin writhed. Boils erupted, sprouting maggots topped with human features. Horribly, the faces were familiar. They wore the likenesses of people Tay had known. His mother before a cancerous tumor had sucked her life away. The last pusher he'd cut a deal with, spiky derma-implant patches bristling from his temple. The counselor in the institution with the sad, disappointed eyes. Twisted lips parted, revealing a mouth filled with rows of needle-thin teeth surrounding a spiraling void. The mouth opened. It was going to devour them. Tay threw his arms up and fell against Bomb. The larger man steadied him. Nirvana, he said. Tay peeked at the viewer over his forearm. The face was gone, replaced by the spreading abyss. Father, why have you forsaken me? Raze's voice was thick with sobs. She tried to crawl, but her heavy boots pinned her to the floor like an insect half-mashed by a careless giant. Tay stumbled to her. He buried his face in her hair and felt her shudder. Raze, baby. Quiet. We're all hallucinating. He held her, breathing her vanilla and clove perfume. She went rigid. Sinner! She screamed. She thrust him away, knocking him off his balance. Tay sprawled, his feet still plastered to the floor. It's because of you that God doesn't love me. Her eyes were wide, frenzied. A slender data stylus appeared in her hand. God won't forgive me! She launched herself at Tay, the stylus pointed at his groin. He struggled to roll, but his boots glued him in place. Bomb was there. He caught Ray's mid-air and held her as she kicked and screamed. The stylus clinked to the floor. Tay dragged himself away with shaking arms. The hatred in Ray's face. He turned his head so he wouldn't have to see it. In the viewer, the scene had changed, monopolized by a new image. Bursts of lightning rayed out from a woman's face, wreathed by a crackle of ozone-lined hair. It was a familiar visage, achingly dear and terrifying. It was Dee, his wife. Huge, colorless lips curled into a sneer. It's all your fault, you know. I'd still be alive if it wasn't for you. Tay shook his head. This wasn't, couldn't be real, it couldn't be. Tears burned his eyes. How could he believe he'd be able to pull this off? The fate of the universe entrusted to him, the junkie, the loser. He hadn't even been able to save his wife. He pressed his face to the floor. It really was preposterous. More likely that the whole thing, the cause, the calling, everything, was some drug-spawned delusion. After all, that last ride had almost killed him. Forty beads of uncut tempt. Maybe he'd never come down. Maybe this was an elaborate fantasy and he was in a med facility, trapped in the dreamscape of his mind. Bomb hummed a tuneless melody. Tay lifted his head. The lightning-maned goddess was gone. The black rift was back, cutting across the galactic view. Around him, the room was in relative calm. Rays sobbed in Baum's arms while Freeloader writhed against the computer's tactiles. The computer flashed red, erring from the brutalization. Freeloader was raping it. The viewer was a sliver of starlight away from complete, black, emptiness. Tay closed his eyes. He'd always known, deep down, that Jondi blamed him. If only he could have kept his job. If only the AI industry hadn't gone bust. She'd been so sick, in so much pain, and they couldn't afford her meds anymore. They could barely afford to eat. The pain had brought her screaming awake at night. His beautiful, fiery Johnny thrashed and shrieked her life away as he stood by, helpless. And then there'd been the day he'd taken the last of their money and bought Tempt, two vials worth. Rec drugs were cheap, cheaper than food. He fed the tiny red pills to her, one by one, and held the water glass to her lips. She hadn't needed them at all. He'd held her in the darkness, no money for light, wrapped his arms around her, inhaled the scent of her skin. Then she was gone, and Tay left behind. If the universe ended, his desolation and grief would stop. Why was he fighting it? He'd yearned for this, slumped in alleys and on park benches, pursued it as he embraced his new love, murderous and merciful tempt. Tay. It was Jaundi. He opened his eyes. His wife's face filled the viewer, but it was no longer terrible. It was just Jaundi, with her butterscotch hair and the dragonfly tattoo over her cheek. Remember our wedding vows? She asked. Yes. No. Darling. I promised to love you forever and ever. Remember? Him in a silly penguin suit, her in a gossamer white dress, by the simulated waterfall with holograms of waving willow trees in the background. Yes. Yes, he whispered. If the universe ends, so does forever. And without forever, there's nothing left of us. But what if this isn't real? What if this is just some junky dream? Does it matter? Does it matter more than what we had? We were real. I miss you, Dee. Every day, every hour, every minute. Oh God, I miss you. We loved as we lived sweetly and well. It was good, and it ended, as all things do. But one day, in another time and place, we will love again. Jaundie's brow furrowed, the way it always did when she was perplexed by one of Tay's rambling treatises. Won't we? Or is this truly goodbye? Jaundie's image disappeared. Tay screamed. No one paid any attention as he clambered to his feet. He couldn't lose Jaundi, even if all he had were memories and a promise of another life's reunion. Even if it was just a tempt dream, he wanted the universe back. Come on, think, he panted. In millennia past, a tradition passed down from 32nd millennium to 32nd millennium. The spells had been spoken, the symbols painted. People, aliens, unimagined consciousnesses had used rituals to set the universe back to rights, and Tay had converted these rituals into equations for the computer. Tay stared at Baum. He was the only one unaffected by hallucinations, but maybe they weren't hallucinations. Maybe, protected as they were in a dome that contained the only reality, they were being affected by the only things that could touch them, rays and her shame, Freeloader and his hedonism, and himself with his guilt and grief. "'We're making reality,' he whispered. "'Us, instead of concentrating on the symbols and words, we're wallowing in the depths of our dysfunctions. "'Nirvana.' Bomb said. Tay squeezed his eyes shut and put his hands over his ears. He envisioned Freeloader the Ritualist, sane, calm, dressed, maintaining the computer operations like he always had in their simulations. He believed it. For Dee, he believed it. He thought of rays as she monitored readings and adjusted sensors, saw her fiddling with dials and buttons. The computer stopped its plaintive distress sequence. The hum of normal processing replaced the high-pitched beeps. Freeloader sat at a station, eyes fixed on the displays. Rays tapped queries into her console. In the viewer, a glimmer of light, no more than a speck, smoldered at the center of the blackness. As Tay watched, more spots of light began to emerge in a familiar pattern of stars and galaxies. The universe was coming back. was our story. Hope you enjoyed. Going a little late this week, so we're going to hold off on story feedback till next week and get right into this week's Drabblecast kick-ass donor of the week, Brian Holder. Brian currently lives in South Carolina in a house packed full of people and animals, and the situation seems to restrict and worsen his pack rat nature. He works in retail, but is getting his foot in the door of a sound engineering career. He likes constructing scale car and airplane models, as well as complex origami, and he's batting around 500, which means the Orioles could really use him right now. Thanks, Brian. You demand. Our 100 character Twitfix story winner this week is a new face in the forums, but his handle is really hard to say, so he immediately fits right in Rev Sleez Tax. And this is one of my personal favorites, so if you're not following the Drabblecast on Twitter and you're not getting these, yada. Congrats, Rev. Sleaze Tax. We hope you maintain your seat of power on the throne of 100-character stories. You all can submit yours, too, either by sending them into Drabblecast at yahoo.com or posting them in our discussion forums, a link to which you can find off of our main page, www.drabblecast.org. And hey, while you're at the page, why not take heed of the donation options conveniently made garish and in your face? If you like our show, you can help us out by donating once or subscribing for an auto-payment of five bucks a month. We're hoping to bump our pay rate for feature stories in the near future, which would mean a general increase in the strength of stories we get submitted, and you can help us get there. Oh, and quick reminder, if you're going to DragonCon in Atlanta this weekend, drop us an email at drabblecast at yahoo.com letting us know, and we'll hook you up with a way to say hi. We're giving out shirts and kicking off the Super Animal Megabeast Deathmatch Podcast Season 3, and we'd love some FaceTime with you. Well, that's our show. The Drabblecast is produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, which means you can't change it or sell it without asking us, but you can share it with everybody you like, all you want. Our staff is made up of co-editors Kendall Marchman, Luke Coddington, and yours truly, Norm Sherman, reminding you that it's because of you that God doesn't love me.